Hi, everybody. It's your boy, Kai, and I am hosting The Vibe with Kai. This is The Vibe with Kai podcast. Super excited to be sitting with my two fellas right here on your screen. We got John. We got Dennis. We're talking about some fantasy novels here. We're talking about some, some, I'm a nerd and I don't get to talk about this a lot on my platform. So the fact that I get to talk about my, my nerdiness today and the project, uh, the project that the both of you are working on, the fact that I get to sit and, and like, just like cast off my cool people robe for a second and put on like my, my cloak of nerdiness with the both of you, it warms my heart. I hope you both know that. I forgot mine. How, what the, you were supposed to come prepared. <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, it's a crazy few days. <laughs> I'm I'm super excited. I'm sitting here with Jonathan Wells, Dan Denise Bruzzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, flashbacks to fifth grade. Flashbacks to fifth grade. <laughs> Dennis Bruzzy. And we're gonna be talking about a new series of novels. I think there's gonna be nine altogether that you're working on, right? That is nine, the plan as it stands right now. It's which is insane. I can't wait to like dive into this. Uh nine books uh entitled The Blood of a King. And uh, it's a it's an epic fantasy uh, series of, of of war, magic, intrigue, and and they're looking to start publishing this officially in 2023, which is not that far from now, by the way, fellas. It's not far. It's coming up. <laughs> no, uh, compared to how long the process has been so far, it's basically tomorrow. Yes, exactly, exactly. But we're gonna we're gonna dive uh, deep into that before we get started, my friends. Uh, if you are enjoying this podcast that you're listening to right now, all you have to do is go follow me on Patreon, and you're gonna get even more of this type of stuff, some more in depth details about everything in my life and other things that happen as well. Or you can just visit me on my favorite social media platforms: TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, whatever it is that you hang out on. I'm probably there, so you can come follow me there at the Vibe with Kai. Okay, enough about me. I'm tired of talking about me. I want to talk about the two of you uh, writing a book, an epic book, "The Blood of a King." Um, so, tell the world what is the blood of the of, 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 of the king of a king. What is it? Tell, tell us, set the set the, uh, the stage here. It is the culmination of, I would say, about 10 years of a daydream I started having at 12 years old. And at um, it took so many different shapes and forms. I drew from a lot of different uh, interests I had as a 12-year-old uh, that eventually got phased out as we got, as we pushed uh, further towards it actually being a story. And... I roped Dennis here, my college roommate of two years, into the process after we already graduated. I've uh, <laughs> I've heard a lot about that over the last what, eight years that we've been working on this thing. You say roped as if like he's like reluctantly here. Are you are you a hostage, Dennis? Uh well, sometimes, sometimes. Um, <laughs> no, but we, we always joke about that because we we talk about this. I think a couple months after we graduated college and. And it's funny that we live together and the, the process of working on it probably would have been so much easier if we had started it two months earlier. But <laughs> And I never said a word. In two years we lived together, I never, it was just something bouncing around in my head that I would, you know, go a place where I would go and when I was supposed to be you know, paying attention during class or <laughs> studying or doing something more productive. <laughs> that's that's awesome though. And and so, so um how so who so it was your idea john and then you kind of roped dennis into this and then how where did it go from there well dennis had um you had written a few plays up to that point so like dennis had experience writing and i just had this big imagined garble in my head so 
the way it started out was we we spent a few months like in my parents' basement and his parents' basement, just like world building and filling in the blanks and coming up with our world name and our God's name and our big baddies name. And once we got all like the, the foundational information down for the first few months, it was, I would dictate what I wanted to happen in a chapter and then Dennis would write the chapter. And I, yeah, that was the way it went for a while until I decided to be brave and take a shot at writing a chapter myself. And I thought it was really fun. So by the end of the process, we were kind of just like slinging chapters back and forth. He would write one, I would write one. And then we had, we did that probably within like a year, two years. Is that right, Dennis? I would say that. I would say that. Yeah, it started, um, the beginning stages of it were really funny. I remember the first night that we got together was at a Starbucks about halfway through and John was world building in his head and I was just kind of typing it out because that was the pro the, at the beginning, that was the start of it where I was writing and he was story building. I still have this 30 page document in word and I still to not to this day, but it, the first year I was writing it, it was just like gibberish to me. He was going through, you know, kingdom from kingdom and, 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 you know, King God to God. King. And it's just this, this mass of words. And I was reading through it the first time. I'm like, what the hell is all this? And then, <laughs> um the the process of bouncing it back and forth and then when john jumped in writing too and, and i don't it, it happened relatively quickly when you when you started jumping in to write with uh with me i think we were only like three or four chapters into the first draft and then you're just like i'll take a crack at it and then uh you know we bounce back i mean the amount of documents we sent back and forth it's just that uh, you should see our emails from back in the day uh you know chapter two chapter two revised chapter two version two revised oh, chapter two i can only imagine because like which one is it one of the things I hope people understand is that, you know, as, as they're listening to this and, and watching this, what, what people should understand is that this is not just like a, a, like a normal, like book, like this is, this is like this big, huge, like epic, like think like, uh, uh, like Lord of the Rings type of epic, you know, story that that's, that's being told. Um, and so it's not necessarily like, like the easiest things to write, because as you, as you both mentioned, you are literally building this this world full of uh, uh of people and 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 creatures and and things and gods that are not real right it's not based off of you know like walking up the street to a wawa for those i, I people people sometimes don't know what wawa is and i always use wawa as a reference and i have, okay, I have people that listen to this all Bye. over the um the country and i always get a message saying what is wawa <laughs> and i'm like it's the best place on earth that's all you need to know <laughs> come to jersey and find out yes, you never exactly. heard of hoagie fest <laughs> yes oh man it's the best it's the best um so okay so if you were if somebody were to come up to you and say hey uh blood of a king what is that about? <laughs> how would you, how would you describe, like, what is, what is the basis of the story? The basis of the story, and I would say by extension, the series is the fallout of defeating the bad guy. Oh. Between, between the prologue and chapter one, the, um, the villain in our hero's world and our hero's story is defeated. And spoiler alert. <laughs> and the rest of the story deals with the um I want to say the weeds that pop up in the cracks in the stone after you know you think that you've beaten your big enemy and you think that everything's gonna be okay now, but really your problems are just starting. Mm -hmm. 
and our one of our main characters, who is the uh, the king of a small kingdom called Astamir, has finally, you know, has become a legend by defeating this great empire and the power vacuum that ends up exploding out after that really uh, turns into more than he anticipated. And he's starting to actually doubt his abilities and skill set and who he can trust as things start to move forward. And it starts to affect his life, what the life of his son, his friends, his allies. Yeah, the, the I I love the concept of like what happens like after like the fallout of of like the story is being told, uh, and then now you have to deal with the fallout because that's not that's not you know uh, normally what kind of like happens like this is like a unique way to kind of go about telling a story, right? So there's already an established uh, uh, connection between you know the characters. And uh, this story is dealing with what happens afterwards. I see what you're doing, by the way. I'm on to you because when they make a movie out of this one day, they're going to make the nine movies, right? That's going to bring in a lot of money. And then you now you have prequel material. I see what you're doing. This is all about making billions of dollars at the box office. I'm on to you, John. Cyrus? Well, yes, but no. <laughs> Cyrus? Uh, I've got enough material in here, and also we have enough material down on paper to go for decades. Yeah, is that yeah, the goal? So, is that how how like when do you think is this going to be like a George R R Martin thing where you like you're saying like it's going to be finished, but like it's not coming? <laughs> Look, I I can't speak to how we're going to progress on this, but I <laughs> have every intention of us getting a book out no more than two years apart. Hmm. We haven't even officially published book one. Book two, we're about 150 pages in, and hopefully we can have that out. Uh, we've been told that uh, we should try to get it out by September of next year. So when you got Blood of a King dropping in hopefully like May or June, you got book two with the Dark Crown officially announcing the Dark Crown book two. You heard, it here, you heard it here first, folks. Um, exclusives here <laughs> and hopefully you know dropping that in september so there's like a like a small blitz you know it's not like releasing like four but you know any audience we gain for book one like oh where's book two it's coming it's right around the corner okay uh, i feel like every single time john talks about uh the series and just the world in general he's talking about another spin-off series that he wants to work on in the future <laughs> another character from the past um so very much just like i've I've got sequels, I've got prequels, I've got anthologies, I've got thousands of years of history that I got to fill oh in the gosh. for. Good for you. Good for you because that's a lot of that's a lot of like information there, like a lot. And I I'm quite envious of the of the ideas that you have here cuz I'm like how do you organize any of this? Uh, a lot of word documents <laughs> and a lot of notebooks. Well, a lot of uh, thoughts in his head swirling around. Yeah. You should see in his apartment, he's got a stack of notebooks this yeah. big. And I'm pretty sure every single one of them is a different storyline in this world. Hilarious. So, so Dennis, I want to, I want to ask you, you know, like when this process first started, like uh, John was saying that like he would kind of throw the ideas at you and you would kind of, you know, just start to write. Right. Mm -hmm. um, as a, as a writer, are, what in, what inspired you to like take on this style of writing? Is there are there certain books or certain authors that kind of 
you know, you looked to for, for inspiration or for guidance for this? Yeah, I mean, I started with, uh, obviously, when I was growing up reading Harry Potter. I mean, I love the world of Harry Potter and J.K. Rowling as a writer in general. And a lot of what intrigued me about this book from that first meeting was just the sheer size of the world um, that John put together and in his head. And, um, you know, when you throw out the words Game of Thrones, I think about that because there's just so many kingdoms. There's so many moving parts in this world that are happening, whether it's on the page or not in the background. And I just think that that's uh, a really special thing. Um that John was able to put together in his head, just it allows you to escape this world almost when you enter that world and and you really just um, jump right into it if, if that's the case. And and when we started this book, that was the first time that I had put words down on paper for a book. Like John said, I was only really working on plays or or screenplays in in general. Um, so that was like a a, a new world for me. And um, so so I would stepping into it for the first time, it can be kind of overwhelming because where do you start? I mean, it's right. like that SpongeBob scene. You put the first word down and you have no idea where you're going from there. <laughs> and, uh, but um, it, it was a learning uh, task. It was a learning task. And that's why we uh, when John stepped in to help write, it was it was a really uh, big breath of fresh air because it, it, having two voices in this and and uh, building it back and forth off that is kind of how I thought it became the best version of itself. And um right coming straight from the source in John's head, putting it on paper is, is also the most direct way to do that. And right. I can't tell you how many times that I sent someone to John and he's like, what are you thinking? Putting <laughs> <this down?"> no. <laughs> so um, it was, it was stepping into a different uh, out of my comfort zone to a degree, yeah. um, but I'm happy to be a part of it. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, people like JK Rowling inspired me, um, Robert Kirkman, who wrote the walking dead graphic novels, which I'm reading mm-hmm. through for probably the fifth time at this point. Yeah. Um, inspired me to just, just, uh, it, it takes a, um, a special person to build something like that. And, and I'm happy that I've been a part of it. Right. Right. It's, it's funny because like, like you've been working on this for quite some time and I'm very curious for both of you, like how much has changed in the way that you have approached it from back then to like right now, because like, cause it's been at least how long has it been since you started this project? Eight years. Eight years, right? And that's almost a almost a full decade. Like like has gone by. Like how has your approach changed at all? And as a result to that approach, has like with with both of you, you know, growing up and becoming older, has that changed any of the story or the way that you look at characters over the past eight years? Um. Yeah. The the story has gone through little changes in my head like finer details being refined and but what the, what's really changed now as compared to our early process is simplicity you know we uh so far in our uh in our writing of the first draft for book two it's really just we're sending the same document back and forth and just adding to it instead of having six or seven different versions of the same document. It's just the one. We make our additions and our edits to it, and it just goes back and forth between us because trying to put together this thousand-piece jigsaw puzzle from all the different versions of the documents we had and not knowing which one was the right one was maddening, and it really slowed us down. Mm-hmm. I feel like a good a good line 
time that we used back and forth was just resend me the most recent one because it had been like two and a half weeks since we've seen it. We had sent it back three or four times in the process of it. We're just like, what's the most recent one you have? Here's the one that I have. It's not the same. Which one's right? I never got that one. <laughs> have you have you ever like run into like writer's block at all? Like like have you just been like at one part of the story and you're like, I am not sure what comes next. Um yeah. Yeah. Um we we plot it out. We have like um we called a uh, a chapter map for our first uh, for the first book. And now I believe I'm working off what I've called a skeleton plot, which is the exact same thing. I just called it something else. But knowing what's going to happen, I found that there's a sort of a disconnect between knowing what's going to happen and painting the picture and like having the action happen. Like, you know, having point A and point B is great, but like all the little things that happen in between some that's actually where I have the most trouble sometimes uh -huh. yeah and yeah. you know you you walk away from it for an hour or two and you're like ah uh -huh. I got it all right yeah I it's I can't I just I can't I'm, I'm sitting here trying to like imagine what it's like to write a story like this because like I'm because I write blogs every week and like like writing blogs is hard enough right but yet to, to write like an epic fantasy adventure i'm just like i my my brain would legit explode i have no idea how y'all are even doing this right now you get plenty you get plenty you of nights to that i can what you get plenty of nights to that oh, wait i'm sorry i didn't hear you you get plenty of nights of that sitting oh, like yeah. at 2 30 yes. in the morning just yes. contemplating what the heck you're putting down on paper. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. You get a lot of late night emails from each oh, other. Oh my God. Yeah, dude, there's like, and one of the things that I do is I always have like a, a, a notebook like near me where I can just like write down, you know, just like ideas and, and things that pop into my head because Lord knows I'll forget. Um, and I'll just, I'll just kind of write it down. Is it the same for the both of you? Like, do you just always have like, are you just always thinking about it at this point and just like like thinking of ideas, things that you can add in and stuff like that? I'd say it's about 90% of my headspace at this point. Mm -hmm. I won't I, I won't tell Meg that. <laughs> She's the other 10. That's a big 10 though. That's a very big 10. <laughs> she understands, she knows. <laughs> I, I I let it all fly straight out of the out of the gate six years ago. Yeah, you're like, hey, listen, I want you to know <laughs> I'm working on this. So this comes when you can do my thing. life. <laughs> um, what are there any specific I, I know we talked a little bit about, about authors for you Dennis are there any um stories like uh, uh books that stand out to the both of you that um outside of like Harry Potter I know we mentioned that what other books stand out to you that are just your favorite to read or that you took inspiration from well I'm a huge token nerd mm -hmm. and I'm still just a, a layman compared to how deep the knowledge goes but how based on my my passion for the material huge token fan I've taken a lot of um world building inspiration from from middle earth and um honestly like the, the game of thrones books the song of ice and fire they the story of game of thrones actually helped put the last details into place as to the political machinations and different houses and how they maneuver around each other. That was one of the last pieces to go into shaping the story before I reached out to Dennis saying, hey, I got this idea. 
Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those those are my two uh, primary ones. Right, right. What about you, Dennis? Well, I mean, I like I, I Game of Thrones is obviously up there for me. I know you, you mm -hmm. said you didn't want to say it, but it, I do pull a lot of uh, influence that, especially the dialogue. I mean, I mm -hmm. the dialogue that George R. R. Martin puts down on paper, I try to mimic that as best I can. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say mimic is the right word, but He's like, like the cadence of it, right? Just like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because mm -hmm. yeah, dialogue for me, and, and I don't know about it for you, John, has always been the, the most difficult thing to do because like you said, getting from A to B is just, uh, that middle part is always the hardest thing. And that trickles down from scene to, from book to chapter to conversation. And and I know how I want the conversation to go, but uh, he just has such an art about it that you try to take it from it where um, he just makes a conversation seem so seamless and, and flow so naturally getting from A to B. And and um, I think that that's a, a really big skill um, that from author to author changes so much. And I think that it defines a personality of an author a lot. Um, so I would say, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to throw out George R. R. Martin, but I do take a lot of, of um, I don't want to say notes for what he does, but a lot of uh, strategy and in, in, in how a scene develops from him. Right. Right. It's also an interesting writing exercise to like try to like the way he has the way George Martin's experience writing Tyrion, mm -hmm. writing someone who is smarter than you mm. and having them be clever when you're not particularly very clever and like have them, you know, be great at strategy and working people when you're not mm -hmm. like that. Like it's, it's like a, it's a perfect writing workshop to try to like create someone when you're not that right. Right. I would say that's the biggest challenge of writing a book like this too is just going from chapter to chapter you're you're changing from male to female from old age to young age and you're changing so many different perspectives and how do they and, see the um, world? It's, yeah it's, it's very hard to like almost change the tone of how each person interacts from chapter to chapter mm -hmm. um and I think that we've had that pointed out in some of the notes that from people that have read the book and, and um, you know, our editor through the years. I, I think that a lot of it is just uh, trying to put yourself in the head of the character from chapter to chapter, especially when on Monday you're writing, uh, you know, about Lily, who's a, a, a seer in our book, and then going back to, you know, kid, the king uh, and just having those two different perspectives on on two different days. It's, it's very um, you have to kind of compartmentalize your life and just step out from one character and step into right. another one and, and just realize that the perspectives are completely different. Right. I was going to ask, uh, what, what perspective is the story told from it? Are, are we like viewing it from a 30,000 foot view or is the, are there, uh, is it told through the eyes of specific people? Like how, do, what, what perspective is it told from? Um, I would say we're pretty close to third person omnipotent we try to make it like straight through their eyes uh, but um i think we have found like uh, a spot in between uh it's something similar to um i think frank herbert did something similar of uh, in dune where like perspectives between characters in a scene could change we don't do it to that degree and actually uh consistency was Years ago, one of the biggest things that our editor pointed out that um, point of view needed to be standardized and you know stamped. Right. But I, I'd say we're pretty close to, to third person omnipotent. Right, right. Is I, I know in a lot of those stories there are other languages and things like that. Are there are there other languages in this book? And if so, how in the hell? 
are you writing a a, a made up language if that's if that's in there so there will be several different languages and many different languages as many different nationalities as there are but the one that we are actually actively building is a, is a language for a people called the avari which is what our some of our main characters belong to um how do how do i begin <laughs> so i told you when i first started out when i was 12 years old in my daydreams i was drawing a lot of inspiration from things i was into at the time and one of the things i was into at the time and dennis this might even be new information to you i don't know if i've discussed this with you Ooh. but um i was very into dragon ball z at 12 years old mm -hmm. i i still recognize it as a great work of art but uh, my following it waned over the years but at 12 super hardcore into dragon ball z and i had a character that went by Goku and Kakarot in the story. And I realized as I got further along and thought that it might be a story, like I can't, I can't call this character this, but how do I hold on to that inspiration? It's like, all right, so my character could have a title. How can I play with Kakarot? And it turned into Karok At, which is like a, royal title passed down in the avari lineage of this country that's our primary location in the story so like okay so i'm writing i'm writing this character's father he should have a similar name hmm. but a little different so his lineage royal title is karok al and so we we had that down his, his name is, is king henry but his his avari royal title is karok al and we sent it to my theater professor, who was very helpful, was one of our first editors who pointed out, like, she, she taught us the word trite. Oh, it's like, a, <laughs> it's like a knife stabbing me in the heart every time I see wow. that. Wow. Wow. <laughs> like, she just wrote trite 30 times on this document of our first draft prologue. But she pointed out that Karok Al sounded Middle Eastern. And that wasn't my intention. I was just trying to find something that like sounded like ancient and tribal and, you know, worked with my Dragon Ball Z nonsense that I had backed myself into that corner. But we leaned into it. I leaned into it. It was like, all right, what are some Middle Eastern languages that we can mush together to create something original? And I landed on a combination of Hebrew and Turkish. And... So we've not created an entire language from it yet, but I do have a notebook full of vocabulary words of where I researched the word for this, for a particular thing in Turkish and the particular thing in Hebrew, took the two words and kind of just sewed them together. That you're, you're, I can't wait for when this movie is filmed and uh, some actor gets the script and they're like, the hell? What you what, what? How am I supposed to say this? How how am I supposed to say this right now? <laughs> I'm looking forward to it too because I can tell them. Look, if they can speak Elvish and they can speak Dothraki and Valyrian, you can speak this. <laughs> I was actually I was actually going to ask like because I know that you you both have sent copies of uh, of the book or, or sections of the book to, to people and asked for like their honest opinion and things like that. Um, and I I was going to ask like I guess this is the perfect segue like because how hard is it to take like criticism 
like mm-hmm. constructive criticism on something that you've been working on nonstop for eight years. How do you deal with that? I'll say that's why that word trite stuck a knife yeah. in my heart because we were, that was one of the first copies and we had worked. I, I mean, I would say so nervously about sending that out for the first time. And when we first sent it out, seeing that word nonstop, like it, it's very constructive, obviously. And I don't like, it, it helped us so much turn the book into what it is. Um, but when we sent the new uh, version back to her, it was like the, that scene from SpongeBob. Is this version better? <laughs> I mean, it's been my tears. <laughs> and I brought, Meg read the book one time, and I remember a chapter that I wrote, and um, she just, I like three straight pages that I wrote, she just had a big X across them. And then uh, <laughs> and then one time, uh, she, I, I'm pretty sure she put a little note on the side and just wrote WTF with a question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Meg does not hold back. And she yeah, that's why I love her. That's why that. she's great. Uh, that's the kind of reader that you need uh, when right. when you're going through stuff like this because it's, right. it's 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 no crap no fluff and and she'll she'll tell you how exactly it is yeah but she'll also tell you like this is great this is great this is great mm-hmm. get rid of this right yeah. right it's <laughs> genuine this, this genuine no yeah. over there right right are 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 john and dennis in this story no dennis did you write yourself into this uh n- maybe in parts with like terminology with what I might say, um, but not as a character now. No. Um, so I, I almost... guess let me clarify, I guess, obviously not like you two specifically, but I guess, are there any characters that you, when you're writing the story, you're kind of like, okay, how would I handle this situation? And like, you put up probably a little bit more of your ideology and the, or the way that you talk or the way that you go about solving issues are there any characters in it that are, you know, kind of like John, kind of like Dennis, like, like that you kind of draw inspiration from yourself a little bit? I would definitely say, I mean, for you, at least, I, I would say King Henry resembles you a lot. Um, yeah. King Henry and, and hey. Mason. Yeah. Hey, hey. We're talking about actors playing in the movie. Um, <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I'll be like, say- I'll be an extra. I'll be like Peter Jackson. I'll be the guy on the street eating the carrot. <laughs> Well, I, there's a funny story that John always tells about um, his old football coach, and you can tell it because you tell it better, but uh, th- that made an appearance in, in the in the first book. <laughs> I wrote one of my football coaches into the story. Really? He's, a, he's a teacher at this uh, military academy that some of our young main characters go to. It's sort of like a training up officers for the kingdom's army. There's like straight out of the gate, there's um, these are kids from you know, well-off families who were, you know, have bought their placement in a high up, you know, military academy and they'll be uh, people with authority in the military when they graduate. So obviously one of the, one of the things I have to learn is, you know, hand-to-hand combat skills. And the teacher, that teacher is um, my line coach from, from high school football. I, we've even given him the same name. And really, he is um, a screamer who both screams his, you know, distaste and his compliments. And I took a um, a memory from uh, junior varsity football where, you know, the it was fourth and one, right? I was on defense and I got a sack on the quarterback, turnover on downs, we get the ball back. And I go over to the sideline and he's, you know, running us through it. And he looks at me. He winds up and cracks me upside the helmet as like hard as he can, going, Good job. <laughs> <laughs> like 
cracked me upside the head while telling me what a good job I did. So we we put that into one of the sheets because it, it 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 still lives in my head uh, yeah. rent free to this day. Right, right. That's it's it's uh, it's funny because like I, I like I've never written anything fictional before. Um, and I, like all I can think of is because like when I'm writing like my my blogs and stuff like that, I always I'm always just in my head, obviously talking about my perspective. And I think it would be really hard for me, I think, to like not, I guess, put myself into some of uh, into some of these like characters and because obviously there's I'm pretty sure there's characters in this story that probably do things and say things that the both of you would never ever even consider doing right um and that would be my problem I'll be like if I'm writing out this book like this person would probably like kill somebody I'd be like but I wouldn't do that that's so mean <laughs> like, why did I do that <laughs> yeah there there are some troubling uh, perspectives and points of view that we've had to include in this story um there is um there are a few characters that um are, are, are pretty racist and mm -hmm. the whole time like mm -hmm. yeah no yeah i can i can only imagine yeah and took special care to make sure that we were seeing their racism from the perspective of characters who were like mm -hmm. what is the matter with you mm -hmm. and seeing them pay for it right 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 yeah it's that that stuff happens all the time and it's really just a matter of I spend most of the time in my head, not in my head. Like when I go into my head, I go somewhere else. Got it. And that's, I feel like I've been doing that for most of my life. And that's how, that's how the right. story even came about. And I realized sometimes that that's not as easy for everyone else. That, um, you know, everyone else seems to be more uh, self-aware and usually more like in their own thoughts and examining the world around them instead of creating another one to occupy yourself with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to I talk about the, the next step in the process for you, which is publishing this thing, which is, I'm going to assume, very easy and inexpensive. Of course. It's already <laughs> done. I've got a mountain of them behind me right here. <laughs> um talk about that process the the process of uh finishing something and saying okay world here you go what is what is what is that like what does it feel like what what does it take is it expensive how does it, how does it work well first of all you gotta tell yourself when you're finished mm. which is one of the hardest parts because you know we edited this thing for six years we wrote it for two and then we edited it yeah. six the editing was a nightmare at times. Because, like, we literally started from step zero, ground floor, not knowing what the hell we were doing. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure we had, like, at one point a final copy, and that final copy changed three times after the final copy. <laughs> labeled the final copy. So are yeah. you still in the process of, because uh, you're, you're, we're looking to, to uh, publish this in 2020, in, like, early 2023, right? So it, it is finished. We mm -hmm. This year we were like, this is it, it's done. Mm -hmm. um, we sent it to um, our consultant who uh, formatted it into you know, a, a document that could be printed into a book and 
then Meg went through it one more time and cut out an additional 30 pages, which saves us money. <laughs> it, yeah, it was uh, came back to us at 495 book pages. It was like 600 word document pages. Oh. And Meg cut it down to like 465. Wow. And it's, once you decide you're, you're done with it, it was a matter of, well, we, were, we tried to get published to do the traditional route and find agents and, well, find an agent. Because if you try to go straight to a publishing house yourself, then you're never going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, that's the nature of the business. They listen to agents far more than someone like this is my book right right read my book please it's only 800 pages long (laughs) please give me ten thousand (laughs) dollars ten million dollars i'm choosing too low right Uh, um yeah that um you know you you did not find uh, the right agents for for our work they they all wish you luck and they say you know just because it's not the one for me doesn't mean someone else won't want it Mm -hmm. but we realized that you know i'm unless we want to be waiting forever to find our uh, our agent and our publisher you know you might as well just uh, go into self-publishing and do it yourself because what's really the most important here is that after all the time we've spent on it is that it ends up on someone's bookshelf in someone's hands on someone's kindle mm-hmm. so yeah it was a, there there are a couple of different uh, self-printing companies out there i think we've gone with ingram spark and Actually, well, our consultant brought us on to Kickstarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, showed us that uh, people have had great success in, you know, funding their projects on there. And it was a great first pre-publish before we drop and publish on Amazon. Mm-hmm. You get you get readers before, you know, it, it's sent out there, and you have an opportunity for the word to spread, for them to talk about it, for them to write reviews. And so as we are winding down the Kickstarter campaign, I'm about to place our first order for books from England. That's exciting. Are you nervous? <laughs> it's just going to be really cool to finally have it in your hand as an actual book, right? I'm going to, I might frame it, to be honest with you. I might get a I might cry. <laughs> I might like... Is this like a hardcover or, or like a softcover? Oh. Both. That's that's so exciting. Can you can you imagine the moment that you get a hardcover of your book in your hands? Oh like, God, I it's gonna be overwhelming. It's gonna be yeah. so because you because you both have been working on this for for so long, and and to have like this first part of your journey in a way completed must be emotionally both emotionally exhausting and exciting. At, at the same time yeah, yeah. We, we, we always joke about uh that we should go back once we get the final one and read the first copy of it just to see how much we progressed as writers right. and that's the face that john always makes right there he's always just like absolutely not and that's how you can find the first version i mean it's probably so far back in our emails right. look i'm going to draw up binding legal paperwork <laughs> to ensure that our we first draft it. All traces of our first draft are destroyed, erased, <laughs> burned. All the hard copies got. That's some museum up. stuff right there, man. Yeah. That's some I got museum a, stuff. I got a fire pit here. We'll throw it all in there. I got a fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> um. So. So. How. How. So. And are you. Are you. And you're still. Uh. Are you still collecting? Uh. uh um. Uh, are you still. Are people still able to support? Like right now. 
Yes, the mm -hmm. Kickstarter campaign is open until December 5th, mm -hmm. and we are dangerously close to meeting our goal and hoping that we can actually overshoot it a little bit. But mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the the support has been incredible from our our family, our friends, and a few people that we we've never even met before. Right. Uh, people who follow us on social, and I think there may be even one or two that just like peruse Kickstarter looking for things to back. Right, right, right. That's 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 so exciting, man. That's 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 really stoked. And I, I like to anybody that's listening to this or, or watching this. Uh, I I am including their uh, Kickstarter uh, link in the description of this uh, of this podcast, so you're able to go and and support. Like the, like especially if you are into these types of stories. Like you're like this is this might this might be the ground like level of like something that is going to like take over the world like because i would imagine like when jk rowling was like writing harry potter at no point did she think that there would be like a wizarding world at universal studios <laughs> where people are like riding through the adventures you know and stuff like that like that's some exciting so, like this might friends if you are listening to this right now this might be the beginning of something like huge in the world of troy bolton uh in high school musical this could be the start of something new it feels so right being here with you <laughs> <laughs> no judgment that was a good one i like that, no judgment. that yeah, no judgment no judgment i I love my high school musical so so screw both of you okay that's an epic story <laughs> that i want to be a part of so screw you <laughs> uh, and like talking about like the simple beginnings of these like great works that yeah. we all admire so much you know that the uh, token it all started well first of all it all started because he created elvish like the language came first mm -hmm. And then the world came second. That's the kind of man he was. He was just right. uh, a nerdy linguist. But um, the first line for The Hobbit, he was grading papers one day. He was um, teaching, I, I want to say it was Oxford. I'm, I might be wrong. And he was grading papers one day, and mm -hmm. he literally just flipped the paper over. There was a one blank page on the end, which he apparently is very thankful for. And he just randomly wrote, in a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. And that's where it comes from. Right. As just simple like that, as like just being bored simple, while like... doing your job, you create this world that grips and creates a genre as we know it. Right, right. It can be that's, as simple that's... as that. So, so what, what's the, what's the ultimate goal here? So at, like, at, well, like once all of this is quote said and done, it may not be all said and done, but like, what would, what would you consider to be a successful venture into this? What would it, what would it take? Um, for me, it would just be being able to write full time. I don't need to be a, a huge, super A-list, multi-million dollar making author that, you know, I don't need to be a Stephen King or a George Martin or a Brandon Sanderson. I just want it to be my job. I just want it to be what pays my bills and supports me and my future family. Because mm -hmm. I I find more joy in this than just about any job that I've ever done. Right, right. Yeah, it's, I would what say the exact same. I would say the same. Plus, I would just like I, just to have like something that we worked on. Mm -hmm. Um, connect with somebody who's reading it. Is my camera frozen? My camera might be. It's frozen, but you're look. It's a yeah. it's a nice face. It's a nice, it's a nice face. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. My my zoom is just like it yeah. keeps. You're not you're not like mid, you're not like mid sense. It looks like a headshot actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's the money shot right there, but yeah, just, yeah, to, right? just, just to be able to like 
take my oh, there words and have somebody read. There we go. Uh, <laughs> just to be able to have somebody read the words that we wrote and just connect with it in a way, or or maybe take um because I, I think throughout this book there's there's many lessons that mm-hmm. you can learn from the characters in it. Mm-hmm. Um and and just stories that hopefully people can resonate with or feelings that people can resonate with. And I think that as a writer, that's the the number two thing outside of like John said, making this my full time job because. Um, I love working, but this is, it's kind of a, it's, it's a, I turned from a fun hobby into, um, just something that allows you to, uh, put yourself into a project that you believe in, um, versus just working to work. Right. Right. Uh, This this is something where you get the the real success that you put in. Um, and, and hopefully it just resonates with, with an audience that, that, uh, we can connect with. That's amazing. Like I, I'm super excited for for both of you. Like I I can't wait to get a uh my hands on on this myself and like and and read through this because I, I I love this stuff and I expect when it becomes a big time movie I expect a role and I don't want like I don't want to be an extra like I I want to be like a, an important part to the story like I, I I it doesn't have to be the lead character I just want to be like like in a, in a a somewhat important part to this entire thing. That's all I ask. All right, so we'll get to, we'll get together for dinner and we'll start plotting out who's going to be the actors and actresses. Exactly, because that's the that's the most important part out of all of this. <laughs> it's all about me, obviously, guys. It's all about me and my future and my career, obviously. Um, but my friends, I'm super excited. Thank you so much for for sitting and chatting uh, about this uh, this epic story that you are, are are writing and putting together. Like this is so cool. And friends, if you are listening or watching this right now and you want more information about this entire process and the story uh, and all of that, uh, cl- go click on the link uh, that's in the description of this podcast. It's going to take you straight there. Uh, it's going to it's going to walk you through everything. And when you're there, there's actually some illustrations on, on there too. Where did you get the illustrations from? We have uh, illustrations from a few different artists. Yeah. Um, well, my my friend from college, Dan, actually um, does, has done our, our character work most of it and he's it's actually his rough sketch of um a character that turned into our main character mason prince mason it's his sketch of that that snared dennis into this project because i i texted him one night like hey we were talking about the things we were doing i was like hey i've got an idea for this story and i texted him the picture mm-hmm. and what did you say dennis what was your reply oh, i forget his reply I to that text was i want to work on this with you. oh yeah that was a that was a yeah <laughs> Word for word, um, yeah. Then, and, and, and I guess the rest is rock and roll history, right? We always we joke because back in the when we were in college, we went to Disney World one year on a road trip, and we said when we got there, the words were "we're there," right? And, <laughs> and through the eight years of writing this book, we always just joke like when we get there, when we get there, when we get there, and we're like there. Did, yeah, we finished the book, we just look, we go, "we're there." <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it, man. I, I'm honestly, I'm wishing the both of you like nothing but the best and all of the love. And um, like, I'm, I'm going to be sharing this on my Instagram story as well for people to to check out. And um, I, 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 I want you to hit your goal because I want this to be successful. Because once again, it's about me. I want to be in the movie. So like, this is. I have. <laughs> if some we don't meet the goal, Tyrus. You get nothing. <laughs> oh, no. Donate, please. <laughs> My career is on the line. <laughs> My hopes and dreams are banking on these two gentlemen. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Uh, well, Dennis, John, thank you so much for uh, for sitting with me uh, today um, and, and and talking through this. Uh, this is not going to be the last time we talk about this because I'm going to definitely going to want some updates, like like a, even if it's like a year from now. I'm like, okay, is that second book ready to go? Let's go. We will provide regular updates on the Ramirian Chronicles and yes. each installment 
in it. Yes, and I book expect, I expect you guys here every time, every time to talk me through it. <laughs> yeah, book The Blood of a King, book one of the Armenian Chronicles dropping in the spring, book two, The Dark Crown, coming next fall. It's going to happen. I'll hold you that, but uh, that's, that's <laughs> what we're looking at right we now. We are manifesting that shit. It's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Yeah, screw it. It's happening. Book two, <laughs> coming out next fall. I love it. I love it. Uh, John, Dennis, thank you so much. Like I said, my friends, if you're watching this, go click on the link in the description of this uh, of this video, of this podcast, and you're going to get all the information about what they're uh, what they're doing and how you can get your own copy uh, eventually and, and reading it through, especially if you are a big fan of a fantasy uh, uh, stories and war and magic and different languages and football coaches that are now in the <laughs> in the fantasy world <laughs> i really hope he reads it someday <laughs> unlikely but fingers crossed fingers it. crossed knock on wood <laughs> yeah right <laughs> um and so with that said my friends if you enjoyed uh, this podcast right here uh be sure to follow me on all of your favorite social media platforms follow me on facebook instagram twitter tiktok anything that you listen to anything that you watch the vibe with kai i'm there most likely doing weird stuff like i always do being a nerd and all of that stuff uh so uh thank you so much for watching thank you so much for listening john dennis you're amazing everybody else have a wonderful rest of your day as always much love good vibes and i'll talk to y'all later bye